Welcome to the Eastridge Church Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Well, I want to tell you a story. Uh, my papa, he loved me. Without a doubt, he, he loved me. And uh, he told me my whole life how much he loved me and how proud he was of me. And he told me the following story so many times. And the story goes something like this. Uh, he was doing a wedding and it was 1968 and he received a phone call that I was born. And he got so excited at the wedding. He always would tell me, I received more congratulations than the bride and the groom. Well, he would tell that story even up into my 40s. I'm a 40-year-old man, and we would meet people, you know, and he would tell them that story. Well, one of the last conversations I had with my papa was he was in a nursing home, and he could no longer speak, but he knew I was there, and I mean, I could tell he could shake his head and stuff, and I, I, I rolled him into his cafeteria, and I rolled him up to the table, and a couple of ladies at the table, and I said, hey, I'm Scott, I'm, I'm Ralph's grandson, and I could tell he was, he, he wanted to say something, and then I knew what he wanted me to say. And um, so I always get choked up when I tell the story. And so I told the story. I said, um, my grandfather had four daughters and no sons. And on February 24th, 1968, I was born, and he was so excited and I yelled out, woohoo, or something like that. And he got so excited and that he received more congratulations than the bride and the groom. And as I was, I was telling that story, my papa was going, just smiling and shaking his head. Now, the reason I could tell that story is I heard the story so many times. I mean, he would tell me that story. His words just remained in my head. And uh, he was intentional that he would speak into me. And that was the last time that I saw my grandfather here. Well, we're in this story, Last Words, and here's some of the, the last conversations that, that Jesus had with the disciples. And uh, it's not a dark time. The disciples really don't grasp what's going on, but Jesus is very intentional of what he's speaking into them. And really, he's, he's speaking in, into us. And he uses this word in this passage called remain, or maybe you know it by abide. And sometimes we uh, use words and we don't really know the, the full effect of them or, or the true meaning of them or, or the full impact of what they mean. And it seems that this word remain or, or abide has come to mean rest in Jesus. Like we say remain in Jesus or abide in Jesus. Sometimes we, we think, well, that just means rest in Jesus or be still in Jesus. Go have a quiet time or, or go read your Bible. And it almost lends itself to like this uh, very passive type of faith. This, um, well, it's just me and Jesus. It's sitting, it's resting, it's, it's stillness. And I want to tell you something, that's dangerous because the implications, the, the impact of what it really means to remain in Jesus is so much greater than that. 
See, it's impossible to remain in Jesus and, and not be active. It's impossible to, to remain in Jesus and, and be still. It's impossible to, to remain in Jesus and not serve others. It's impossible to, to remain in Jesus and not love your brother or your sister. It's impossible to remain in Jesus and not have an impact on those around you. So, so what does it really remain, mean to remain in Jesus? Like, what's the full impact in that? Well, what does it mean? Well, Jesus described it this way. He said in, in John 15, 5, I'm the vine and you are the branches. To remain means to be kept in. It means to, to continue in. There, there's never a break. There, there's never a disconnect from or, or a separate compartment for Jesus. No, there's always in Jesus. It means to continue in, to be, to be kept in, to remain in. What does that look like, though? For, for like going day to day, and I'm, I'm going throughout my day, what does it look like? Well, Paul said it like this in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whatever dish you wash, whatever paper you sign, what, what, whatever you do at work, whatever food you eat, whatever you do, you do, whatever in word or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. See, if you're remaining in Jesus, you're going to be active in your faith all day long. You're going to be serving others. You're going to be serving in the church. You're, you're, listen, you're going to want to obey the Scriptures. You're, you're going to experience hope and, and life change in Jesus, and you're going to help others experience hope and life change in Jesus. But you may be thinking, Scott, man, I have been hurt, and I am no good to help anybody else. Or you, or you, or you may be thinking, you know what, Scott, I have been a disappointment to so many other people. And I love what Mark Batterson said. He said it sort of like this, but he said, your hurt can lead to someone else's healing. And your disappointment can lead to somebody else's deliverance. See, in, in Jesus, in Jesus, we can do things like Paul described. We can do things that, uh, that are greater than we could ever dream or imagine. I believe that's what Jesus has in store for you. And I believe that's what he has in store for me. So Jesus spoke to him these words. Here's the... Verses 1 through 11, John 15. He says, I'm the true grapevine, and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Listen to what he says. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is not if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me, continue in, kept in. Yes, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Not might, not, not maybe, not some and not others. He says, those who remain in me will bear, produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, listen, he goes, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. And I have loved you 
even as the Father has loved me, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things. Now listen to this part. Jesus talking to the disciples, speaking into them, says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Now, there's a lot in there that I wish I had time to unpack it. But what does he mean when he says fruit? What, what does he mean? Remain means this. When I remain in him, I'm going to bear fruit. He says it's not for Jesus and it's not uh, apart from Jesus, but in and through Jesus. I don't have to go do something for Jesus. No, he's going to do something in me and he's going to do something through me. He's going to do something in you and he's going to do something through you. And so you don't have to worry about, well, I just want to do God's will. I'm going to tell you something. If you're walking with Jesus, if you're remaining in Jesus, if you are kept in Jesus, you continue through your day in Jesus, I guarantee you every day you're going to do the will of God. Every day, you're going to be doing what Jesus wants you to do. He says this, I am the true vine, and the, my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me also as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And then again, he goes and says this, Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, what he produces in your life is going to benefit you. The fruit he produces in your life is going to benefit you. But more importantly, it is going to be a blessing to others. My, my papa was a great man. And you could tell by every time I tell that story, I get emotional. And you tell he had a huge impact on me. But he wasn't a great man because he decided, you know what, I'm going to be a great grandpa. I, I just want to be a very, very good grandpa. No, my, my grandfather had a huge impact on me because he was in Jesus. He'd walked with Jesus. He, he remained in Jesus. The, the love he had for me, the, the way he blessed me, was fruit that he didn't muster up on his own, but came from a walk he had with Jesus. So what kind of fruit? What, what does that fruit look like? Well, it can be acts of service. It, it can be, you know, something you're doing for others or you're doing for the church or something you're doing for your family members. It may be the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and, and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Now, a lot of times you'll see books on how to grow in those things. The truth is when you're remaining in Jesus, when you're walking in Jesus, you're kept in Jesus. He produces that fruit in you. And I'll tell you another way fruit, another way fruit uh, shows itself. It's the salvations of other people that comes from your life. You sharing your testimony or you leading other people to Christ. It's not because you're supposed to do it because you're a Christian. No, and it is the fruit of you remaining in Jesus. So, big question, how does that happen? So, Scott, will you please break it down? How does it happen to remain in Jesus? Well, I bear fruit by praying. Now, this is going to be like so Sammy Sunday School. I am not going to tell you anything new in this message, but I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said, hey, I want you to know this, guys. These are some of the last moments he has with the disciples. 
So one of the things he talks about is prayer. He says, I bear fruit by praying. He doesn't say that, but we bear fruit by praying. John 15, verses 6 through 8. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Now, that can't mean everything because I asked God to win. The, I could win the lottery when it got so big. I didn't win it. I didn't play it. So, But it would have been a miracle if I'd have won it. I had to find the winning ticket on the ground. But when you're, when his words remain in you, guess what? You love what Jesus loves. All of a sudden, you're praying about the things that are important to Jesus. It doesn't mean you can't pray for your needs. Scripture talks about we, we take our needs to the Lord. Yes, we do that. But man, when you love somebody, you know what's important to them. And if his words remain in us and we remain in him, we can ask whatever we wish. Well, Jesus loves. Jesus loves. He loves lost people. He loves the church. He loves the hurting. Jesus loves. And I'm going to tell you something. If we want to see fruit and, and we want to pray with, with uh, power and we want to pray that ends up with results, we need to pray about what's important to Jesus. See, I knew what my papa wanted me to tell in that story because his words were burned into me. He had spoken those words into me. I knew how much he loved me and I knew how much he loved telling that story. So it was easy for me to tell that story because I knew that's what he loved. Well, Jesus loves you. He loves you, his bride, the, the church. So we should love what he loves. We should love the hurting, the lost, the, the broken, the church. See, our prayers should reflect that. See, we're right now, we introduced this a while back, and maybe you've seen this, but we've asked the church to pray for these things. And so I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you pray for the vision of the church? Like now, I would love to see the 90,000 people in our community get saved that aren't saved. You know why I would love that? I don't even know these people. Why do I even care? You know why? Because my Savior loves me. And his words are in me. And now I love people I've not even met. I love people that society would throw away. And you know what? Jesus wants to see them get saved. Hey, let's pray for them. Let's ask that of Jesus that these 90,000 people would get saved. You know what we're also praying? That Celebrate Recovery would double its impact in our community. Man, there are people that are hurting. There are people that are depressed. There are people that are doing drugs that have never done drugs. There are people that are drinking that have, have never drank. There are people that are, have been doing those things and it's only escalated. There are people that are so depressed now, they want to give up. It would be impossible to take a walk in your neighborhood and not meet somebody that's hurting. You know what? Jesus loves them. Hey, let's partner with Jesus in prayer. And let's pray that Celebrate Recovery, through Celebrate Recovery, we can reach these hurting. We want to launch a, a North Newton campus. Listen, Jesus wants to see these 90,000 people get saved. Man, let's commit to prayer for praying for that North Newton launch in 2022. So listen, we, we bear fruit by praying. Let's pray what's important to Jesus. Another way we bear fruit is we I bear fruit by obeying. He says this, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now listen to what he says. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, 
just as I had kept my father's commands and remained his, in his love. He says, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. The reason I knew, again, what to share about my grandfather and what he had shared with me, because I spent time with him. And it was an intentional time. He, he lived an hour and 45 minutes away from us. It wasn't every weekend. But whenever we would go, we, we'd have to set up a time and, and we'd have to have a plan. And it was very a place to, to go and visit, with, which is usually his house or our house. If you want to obey God's commands, if you want to obey Jesus' commands, there's got to be a time, there's got to be a place, and there's got to be a plan to do that. So what does that look like again? Let me. So if you got up and uh, if you were at my house early in the morning, you'd see me, and I would say my hair would be a mess, but my hair always looks like this. But I'd be in my pajamas, and I would sit on the far end of my sofa. There'd be a cup of coffee there because Jesus loves coffee. But also there'd be my Bible, which I'm reading through the Psalms right now. That's my plan. I'm just slowly reading. Sometimes I read a whole Psalm, sometimes just part of the Psalm. And I'll take a verse, one that speaks to me, and I'll just think about it and how it applies to my life and what I'm going through at the moment. Or why does it speak to me? Is it a promise? Or is it something I need to obey? Something I need to believe? And then I'll spend some time in prayer. And then I'll get up and I'll go with Jesus. Now, what do I mean by that? Too many times... It has been taught that you have a quiet time with Jesus, then you get up and go do your stuff. No, I say go with Jesus. Now, two ways I go with Jesus. One, I pray throughout the day. I, I pray about everything. I prayed before I came in here and, and, and filmed this. Matter of fact, multiple times I'm preaching to you in my head. I'm like, Lord, help this be clear. But another way I do it, too, is I, I, that verse that speaks to me in the Psalms, sometimes that'll be my memory verse for the week. And if I can't get it learned uh, in one week, if I can't get it memorized in one week, I'll stretch it into the two. And what I'll do with that is I'll read it out loud four times, and I make sure I write it down. Every morning, I write it down. And then when I feel like I've got it down, listen, I'll move on to the next one. But I take that verse with me throughout the day. And you know what I see happening? If I... If I feel like I need to trust God more, there's a verse that comes in and says, I put my trust in you, Lord my God. I put my trust in you. Man, it's, it just comes to me at times. It even affects my prayers. But listen, you need a time, you need a place, and you need a plan to spend with Jesus and then go with Jesus through prayer. And I would encourage you, if you're not started memorizing a verse a week, I would encourage you to do that. Well, listen, so we, we, we bear fruit by praying. We, we bear fruit by obeying. There's one more way I want to talk about this. I bear fruit by staying connected. Now, if I had a vine here, a grapevine, and this is not the season for that, but I, if I had a grapevine, it, you know, I'd bring one in this long, but what you would find out is there's more than one branch on the vine. See, you, you're the branch and he's the vine. There's a bunch of people on the other side of this screen here. And if we're in Christ, we're all connected through that vine. And listen to what he says. In John 15, 12 through 14, my command is this. 
love each other as I have loved you. Now, the only way you're going to be able to do that is by being connected. Love each other as I have loved you. And listen to what he says. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. This is my command. Love each other. Now, the only way you and I can love each other is by being connected. That's the only way we can do it. it now, how important is love? Scott, isn't preaching more important than love? No. Now, Scott, it isn't feeding the hungry or, or giving all my money to missions or, or possessing more faith than, than anyone else? No, no, and, and no. Look, Paul says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I had to get to prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. You know, these type of Christians are, they're nauseating, they're, they're irritating, they're, man, they're brash. Love one another. And the only way you can love one another is by being connected. Jesus said the world would know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. And we can only do that in the context of the church. Serving one another. Encouraging one another. And if we can only do that, we can only do that if we're connected to one another. Here's what I know about you. And because it's true of me, I want my life to matter. I want my time here on earth, whether it's 53 years or 83 years or 90 years, I I want there to be an impact. And I don't believe you and I are here by accident. I believe you and I are here for such a time as this. Such a time as this. COVID-19. 2020 and 2021. It's not by accident we're here. God didn't call us here just so that we can endure this time. He wants to bear fruit in you. He wants to bear fruit in me. He wants to bear fruit in his church that'll bless his church, but more importantly, be a blessing to others, be a benefit to others. So what do we do? We remain in prayer. We, we, we remain obedient to the scriptures. And we remain connected to one another, loving one another. Now, what does that do? What what does that do in this world of COVID where people walk around expecting another disappointment? Where Where they walk around waiting for more bad news? Listen to what Jesus says. Remaining in Jesus produces joy. Listen to what kind of joy in verse 11. He said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, Your joy will overflow. In a world where we walk around with people just waiting for bad news, you and I can have a joy that we don't muster up, that we don't have to, you know, make it happen. No, it's the fruit of remaining in Jesus. Last time I'll say this, I was able to tell my grandfather's story because his words were in me. And my grandfather watched with joy as I shared his words about me. And now, as crazy as it sounds, his joy has now become my joy. Jesus said, we will experience his joy 
if we walk in Him, if we remain in Him, if we stay in Him, when we continue in Him, if we're kept in Him. He said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy will overflow. Church, you know this already. Our joy will never be made complete in this world. And there, there's not enough uh, money. There's not enough sex. There's not enough drugs. There's not enough. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is enough. And more than that, he's all we need. And that's where joy is found. Yeah, the ultimate fruit of remaining in Jesus is his joy. There's a, a song now, if you've got any age on you at all, and if you grew up in church at all, there's an, an old song. Man, it seemed like we sang it at the end of every message. And it was called Trust and Obey. And as I was finishing up this message, I thought about that song. I thought, you know, I bet a preacher wrote that song because it seemed like every message, the decision ought to be, well, you got to trust God and do what he says. And so I looked it up, and it was written by a Presbyterian minister named John Samus. And I want to read you the lyrics to this. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. And then the chorus goes, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And I want to take a break. There may be a lot of you right now. You're a Christian, but you wouldn't describe it as happy in Jesus. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Now listen to what he says. Not a shadow can rise, COVID-19. Not a cloud in the skies, but a smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, nor a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you, we love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.